link you gave me just brings me. Oh, all right. We're live now. Microphones of Madness is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop Broadcast Network. Hey, everybody. Saturday night. This is Microphones of Madness. Over here, Steve. Hey, welcome to the Jessica Jones Hour. Yeah. Over here's Kim. Yep, that's me. And today we have a couple of special guests. I hear myself. Yep, that's me. Are you echoing on? Because I um, I hear you normally. Yeah, I hear you normally. No echo. There we go. We're on a delay. That's what it is. Oh. Uh, All right. So there's Kim. We have two so special guests with us today. There's a wardrobe malfunction. We're we're covered. We have Shane Ivy. Say hello to everybody, Shane. Hi. And Dennis Detwiller. Say hello to everybody. Hey. How are you doing? Two guests. I feel so special. I know. This is this is the most people we've had in here on the show for a while. Oh, not not even an ever. Okay. I'll take it. You'll take it? <laughs> yeah. It's always a first. <laughs> well, it's the first time we've had more than one guest with a uh, actual topic. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, that's true. And that free night, didn't you? Uh, most of the, most of the time when we have more than two guests, it's it's a uh, bullshit hour. Right. <laughs> when it, well, I'm it? not guaranteeing anything. Okay, that's fair enough. <laughs> so contrary to what Steve actually says, uh, we're actually going to be talking Delta Green tonight, not Jessica Jones, as cool. much as Steve wants to. Yeah, I, I can totally are. talk Jessica Jones all hour if you guys want to. <laughs> He already has on my iChat for like yeah. a few hours at least. Just, did you see? Did you? Yes. I read it. It's when it came out. You dirty bastard. It was a great show. I got yelled at um, for, for spoiling it um, by saying that um, what's her name was on it, the night nurse. Um, um, oh, Rosario Dawson. Rosario Dawson was on it, and I got yelled at for for revealing that. Oh Ooh, yeah, that was a big plot point. Sorry, guys. People care. It's good when they care. That's true. The I will say the main takeaway from Jessica Jones for me is I can't wait for Luke Cage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It should be it should be good. Mike Mike Coulter was wonderful as Luke. Yeah. Cage. And he managed to pull off Sweet Christmas not once but twice. <laughs> and in context too. Exactly, exactly. He they, he actually he did an interview where. Welcome to Jessica Jones. It's, it's Steve's fault. It's Steve's fault. Okay. I'm All reined right. in. Go ahead and ask questions, Steve. It works really well because in Delta Green terms, Jessica Jones is clearly a one bond character. There you go. And how and and the purple man the purple man could definitely fit in with a, a mythos scenario. Yeah. Yeah. Especially a Delta Green one. So I guess we'll we'll get this out of the way first for, for those of you who are watching who don't know what Delta Green is. Delta Green is Oh God. Uh <laughs> Modern Tank Bond, HP Lovecraft's Cthulhu Mythos 
Uh, we posited the question, what would actually happen if the Marines raided a town in Massachusetts in 1928 and found that a bunch of fishmen had been living there for 200 years? The answer is uh, a cult conspiracy across time with small groups of agents attempting to push things back in a desperate attempt to prevent the end of the world, which they know inevitably will occur. There you go. Was that, Zach, that was pretty quick. That was pretty quick. So it's like S.H.I.E.L.D. and Hellboy and all the men in black all rolled up into the Cthulhu mythos ready for you to... Yeah, if you took if you took all those characters that you grew to love and you killed them every episode, it would be just <laughs> so. If if you got really attached to Hellboy, he died in the first episode and you never saw him again. Mm-hmm. That's Delta Green. It, it, Fox Fox Mulder gets his face chewed off in episode, I don't mind that. and they I just have, bring another guy. I can live with that. <laughs> what it actually Fox Mulder, dude. What's that? What have you got against Fox Mulder? Oh, he's fine. I just, I, I always, I like the X Files. Suspension of disbelief stuff. Like it, it feels like you're continuously dragging a small um, town behind you. Oh, I'll after. tell you what's wrong with Fox Mulder. <laughs> he's not Frank Black. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. That's true. Wait, from the Pixies? No, oh. the other Frank Black. <laughs> <laughs> not Francis. Not Black Francis. Yeah. Um, no, I, I actually enjoyed uh, Millennium a lot better, uh, mostly because they killed the entire world with bird flu at the end, which is marvelous. That's how it should end, people. <laughs> you don't always get the happy ending. Yeah. <laughs> Except on the X-Files. The world will not end with a bang or a whimper, but an oops. Yeah, what was that that quote from the movie Contagion? Did someone weaponize the bird flu? They don't have to. The birds are doing it for us. <laughs> That's how I always like to think of it. Um, anyway, yeah, we're working on the new Delta Green, which is kind of a modern update of the 90s version of Delta Green, and me and Shannon have been yelling at each other about it for, I don't know, two years now, three years? Oh, at least. Yeah, um, but we actually have a manuscript and a really successful Kickstarter and uh, most of the art, and we're in mad production mode now. So yeah, yeah, the, the Kickstarter was crazy. Yeah, and you were funded really quickly, and then um, I will say I funded it. I, I don't fund a lot of them, but I did fund that one. Thank and you. And you're welcome. And after a while, my inbox was just like, here's another PDF, here's another PDF. <laughs> Have another PDF. Yeah. So there, there's, they definitely have a lot of material that they're working on. Yeah. And yeah. you guys are crazy because not only are you rebooting your, your uh, Call of Cthulhu-esque um, rule system, but you are also reinventing another rule system for it. You have actually two games out. Or you will, right? The, so you're well, having the gumshoe as well as the right. as the percentile. Right, right. Well, the, I mean, that, luckily, uh, Ken Height is doing all the work on the gumshoe side of things. So that that's not going to require um, me and Dennis to do a lot of mechanical work, which is good because we've got our hands full on the, the sort of official basic role-playing derived Delta Green rules that we're trying to kind of optimize for what Delta Green does. So, but yeah, Ken's Ken's doing uh, doing a version 
for uh, for Gumshoe, which is the game engine behind Knights Black Agents and Trail of Cthulhu. And so he's doing he's he's going to be building it to sort of play like Trail of Cthulhu plays, and with uh, with touches of the sort of some of the thriller ingredients of Knights Black Agents, and incorporating elements from the Delta Green role playing game about how the sort of ways that sanity works and that characters' bonds work in our game so that they apply in the gumshoe version of Delta Green that he's working on. Set uh, pretty exclusively in the late 60s, early 70s. Yeah. In Delta Green's Vietnam excursion of <clears throat> pleasure. Yeah, it's, it's, it's Delta Green in the 1960s, sort of leading up to the... To yeah, to when the the official the official Delta Green group was disbanded and uh, because of of horrible disasters that took place under its watch. Right, and now we have a, uh, and then so, the the basic role playing reboot. I, I hesitate calling it that mm-hmm. because you guys are no longer basing it on basic role play. It's its own uh, system. Pretty much its own thing. Just yeah, I mean it's 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 based it's based pretty explicitly on on basic role playing. You know, we sort of started with um, with o- o- OGL open gaming license versions of the BRP rules that were put out uh, by Mongoose and Wizards of the Coast, and um, that was sort of our starting point. And then we kind of customized it and built it around that. So it, the the you know it uses percentile dice, and you've got a You've got a big stack of skills that are all in a percentile rating, and you want to roll that or less if you're in some kind of crazy crisis. The higher the skill level, though, the better you are at it. You know, and it has uh, yeah. stats from like six or whatever six stats that are from three to eighteen. So <laughs> all of all of that stuff looks very familiar to me. Modifiers next. Uh-huh. It's basically it, Shane's going to be like it, and it's a plus two on a seventeen when you swing a heavy weapon. Yeah. No, the, the gist of it is if you played uh, BRP, you can play this game. Uh, the major differences are the way we handle interpersonal relationships uh, and uh, the dissolution and destruction of a character due to sanity loss, and secondarily how we handle weapons that kill a lot of people really quickly. Um, so the system has been optimized to run a gun battle and then tell you uh, how much PTSD you have and how you take it out on your wife. <laughs> Um, in a very in a very clear mechanical way, yes. Uh, where you can use your young son as a shield in your mind against the Cthulhu mythos, and then suffer the consequences later on because you grow completely detached from him. Right. Uh, and it, it it works really well in play. Shane came up with a bond system. It works awesome. Um, the automatic weapons. Greg Stolte came up with the lovely kill damage, which is probably my favorite mechanic of all time. Which is, yeah, you're probably dead. Yep, you're dead. Um, <laughs> oh yes, the uh, yeah. I, ha- I have the PDF here. Um, success target drops to zero hit points. Yeah. So if you if you succeed on that, yeah, everybody the is in that radiance. They're the only rules I've seen that can actually uh, imitate a tomahawk missile strike on a on a hotel. So. You kill 150 people, and one guy walks out without an arm, but is otherwise seemingly in decent shape and can wander to the aid station. Right. Now, that's from an actual Marine friend of mine, and he looked at the rules and went, oh, yeah, this works. This sounds right. (laughs) So that's 
that's pretty good and bad, I guess. But scary. It's it, the kill damage thing was 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 it was fun because we we sort of told Greg really early on, okay, our challenge is we want to be able to resolve these big heavy attacks and things with tons of bullets flying and attacking tons of targets at once and all. We want to resolve that without just hand waving it, but we want it to be fast, you know, we want it to resolve quickly without rolling tons of dice over and over and over again. Right. And um, he pretty much gave us the rules that are in there right out of the gate. Yeah. It, was, okay. it was just this sort of flash of brilliance that he seemed to have. Um, at least that's what it looks like from our end, you know. He might have been slaving on it for months, but as far as I can tell, he just kind of had an idea and went, huh, yeah, <laughs> that might work. Uh, here you go. <laughs> well, we have, we have perfect. You know, in the in the quick start rules, we have like what, five lines about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, because it's simple. When you yeah. get back down to it, boom. <laughs> it can basically just say boom. Yeah. Well, I mean, we wanted we wanted like Joe, the classic like Joe Seal Navy Seal character that everybody makes their first time around, uh, to leap out into combat and just catch one in the neck, and that's it. Mm. Uh, that's just how gun battles happen. It's not not clearly predictable unless you can kind of lay an ambush for somebody. And even then, you know, if they tend to be um, from another dimension or completely bulletproof, it doesn't really help. Um, But, you know, uh, we we feel the rules have really reached a kind of razor point um, in just in the last three or four months. And, And it was important that those things in particular go quick at the table because that's not ultimately what the game's about. Right, I mean that's a facet of the game um, that can come into play. So if it comes into play, it's important to the characters that it's happening to. So you want to resolve it, but you don't want to bog two hours of gameplay down in it. So it it really does what it really does what we want, which is to play that stuff out and make it scary and suspenseful, and um, you know, and then be done. And and then your challenge is dealing with the uh, repercussions. Well, well, also. Um, what was I going in, in these kinds of Call of Cthulhu, Delta Green, the, the fighting is kind of a last-ditch effort mm-hmm. as you're running away because most of the things you're going to end up fighting can kill you just by looking at you. And yeah, that's or it's a distraction scenario. Right. Oh, yeah. It's a way to blow off steam. Right. So, so yeah. you want to be able to play it out, but it doesn't need to take over the entire the entire game. Yeah, I mean the, the other stuff we really are focused on in the in kind of the, the more the game master's book uh, who we're calling the the handler right now is uh, the repercussions, like Shane was saying. So you know you have the running gun battle, and there's bodies, and they have your bullets in them, and you are carrying your service weapon, um, and you're not supposed to be here, and it's basically a game of ends, followed by the prosecution rests and then jail time <laughs> uh, if you don't clean up. So, uh, and it's happened so many. Like uh, the story I always tell is the Scott Clancy story, where the teammate uh, accidentally blew himself up trying to make a homemade bomb. Uh, he blew his arm off and died. Um, and Clancy had to deal with the body, and I, he was like, "Okay, I get rid of the body." I'm like, "No, no, no! Tell me what you do." He was like, oh, my God, this is his, like, good friend. So he went off to, like, Ace Hardware and bought a bunch of stuff to get rid of the body. And it, it was a good half an hour of gameplay where he's like, 
oh my god, he's floating. You know, he's trying to put him in the lake, and the guy's floating. And he had to punch holes in the guy's chest with an ice pick and and lose one d four sand every time he did it. And then wake up screaming for two nights. <laughs> he was like, I hate you, I hate you. Mm. Uh, but but the point is that's it's not just oh, and the guy's dead. Let's go investigate the spooky yeah. house. It's oh my god, what do we do now? Right. Uh, which is unlike so many other games. Like they just mm-hmm. hand wave, and you're at the next scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you've if you've seen Breaking Bad and enjoyed all of the scenes of 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 people just completely flailing away trying to cover up the things that they did that the blowback took them by surprise, that's that stuff is very much in the spirit of of how Delta Green ought to play. Oh, and it always, it always plays out that way. Yeah. That's I like that. <laughs> yeah. So, so you guys would say that it's it's probably more to the advantage for the player to be more tactical in okay. their approach rather than just like a lot of folks like to play Joe Seal yeah. and think they're Schwarzenegger. Certainly to their character's advantage, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> those, those, those guys tend to, to bite it real quick. Um, you know, like... Uh, yeah, like uh, it was mentioned, there there are threats that you can't even see. There are threats that you look at and you go insane. There, are, mm-hmm. there are there are threats that um yeah like uh the T radiation stuff where you get sucked back in time and you don't even know you're accruing it. And that's a scenario that upsets all manner of people, but I love it. Um, so yeah, I mean it, it's it's ba- yeah it's it's basically a very deadly system, and. When characters survive, you come away with this kind of elation of having survived the scenario, uh, which I can't really compare to any other game. Uh, Call of Cthulhu has it. Not many other games like D and just I love D and D, but you're like, eh, it's another owl bear, and my cleric rolled a. Two-year. We're gonna camp out, and now we're at perfectly healthy hit points. Yeah. Back to normal. It's a yeah. different feel. Yeah, but um, in Delta Green, we really want to. Rub your nose in the fact that it's just the real world um, with this heart. worse. Yeah. <laughs> if that's possible. Great. Welcome to Colorado. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. Where'd the name come from? Delta Green? Uh, John Tynes. What, what did he say? Oh, he, 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 <laughs> he, he tells the story way better. He basically just said, uh, I picked a shape. And I picked the color, and it sounded okay, right? And we were like, yeah, it sounds great. Okay, we're going with that. D- Delta's real military sounding, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It sounds yeah. badass as all hell. Really. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it always did. Um, you know, and I, John ran what what would be Convergence uh, scenario from the original Delta Green scenario for us, and uh, it was just grand. Like, everybody died, basically. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> Everybody, we all got this super flu, and I think my character actually no, no, I died. We all died. Great time though. Yeah. You never had a better time dying in your life. Oh no, no. <laughs> now, are, are the old scenarios going to be um, updated to to uh, be usable in the new system, or is it interchangeable? Is it... I think we agreed to update a bunch of them, didn't we, Shane? Yeah, it, I mean, first of all, it's really easy to just play them right off the page in the new rules. Um, if, if you look at a stat block from um, from one of, from 1997, um, 
and uh, it, it, you're going to be able to play that stat block in the new Delta Green role-playing game. If you look at a list of skills, it's the, the, not all the skill names are identical, but it, it, it's, it's just ridiculously easy common sense to fit, to figure out that you know um, wh which one should apply. So so that and that was a, a goal that we had from the very beginning that hasn't changed, just to make that the case because we don't want to lose the ability to use the books that we've written all these years. And um, but yeah, we're also we're also like going through and converting some of a lot of the old scenarios over. So from the Kickstarter, we had rewards that were funded in the Kickstarter and through like a social media campaign that I launched as part of the Kickstarter to reward people for helping us get the word out. So as part of that, we're going to be um, doing conversions of some of the scenarios that are already online that are available to download for free. Um, I think they're mostly Dennis's Dennis's adventures, and then there's there's one that I did that hasn't been available online for a long time, but it was in um, uh, Pyramid Online that Steve Jackson Games published, and back in '99, I think. And um, so I'm gonna we're gonna be doing doing conversions of those, just sort of going through the text and replacing the skill with the skill and. The, the harder work is going to be the way we approach using skills is a little different than traditional Call of Cthulhu. You, you, you only roll dice for a skill in our game in really specific circumstances. And so that's going to be the part that's probably going to get the most fine sort of, um, I don't know, uh, changing in, in converting things is addressing the, the fact that that's handled a little differently. Yeah, we, we wanted to avoid the neurosurgeon with the 75 uh, neurosurgery skill, you know, throwing a zero zero or something, and like <clears throat> when you're reading a book on like brain function, and that's that's called Cthulhu. Is like, well, you you know, slit your throat with the book. Wait, wait, right. what? <laughs> um, this just or, or kind of you know uh, the the clues that the clues that sort of evaporate because you failed to make the right. the right skill roll, that sort of thing. The Trail of Cthulhu addressed really, really brilliantly. But we want to do we want to do address it too, um, but in a kind of a different way. Right. So, so it's that, like taking taking ten or taking twenty in a little bit, a little bit, yeah. It's a, it's sort of in the same spirit, basically. If you're in Delta Green, if you're if you're in a situation that calls for a certain skill, but it's not a crisis, you know, it's not something crazy where randomness really is applies or would be useful. Then don't roll dice. Just look at how good you are at that skill. So if you have at least a forty percent, then you'll be able to accomplish this much. If you have at least a fifty, you'll be able to whatever. And um, but if you're in a situation where it ought to be random, where things are out of your control and and going crazy, then you then the dice come out and you see what happens. Interesting. Cool. Very cool. Now, are you guys using the uh, the Eclipse phase version of rolling dice. So the hot, the higher you roll, the closer to your um, your skill cap, the better. Yeah, it is. yeah. We, uh, it, it, by, kind of by accident, um, we uh, we we got that approach from Pendragon, and then it turns out Eclipse phase did it too, and so um, you know, and I think I think they I think if I remember right, I think Eclipse phase. Did something different their first iteration, and then and then adopted. I don't know. Anyway, 
Um, yeah, but that's the, just the, how the, I, know I know it. Right, right. If you're if you're having to roll dice and you're being opposed by somebody else, then you both make your roll, and if you both succeed, then the higher roll um, wins, right? Or if you both fail, then the lower roll wins. Um, and so it, it, you can resolve those things really, really quickly and in a kind of a common sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, and by the same token, like the way criticals work and fumbles work is 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 um, we borrowed from uh, unknown armies, and I think Eclipse Space does exactly the same thing, which is you, instead Doubles. of doing it as a fraction of your skill, it's just it's matching numbers. Whether you succeed or fail is is a really good success or a really bad failure. And so those kind of inner those work together in a way that that runs really smoothly and uh, hits the right buttons. Nick Vicario is listening, and he wrote that uh, Chaosium did it first. Pendragon. Yeah, absolutely. Nick works for Chaosium. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We know Nick. He's defending. Oh yeah, yeah. No, all all uh, all hail Pendragon. I adore Pendragon. <laughs> Didn't didn't Nick have a personal message he wanted to relay since he did. brought him up? He wanted to say that uh, he wanted to thank you guys for uh, Future Imperfect because it kind of brought our gaming group together. Oh, oh cool! Have you got you guys still been playing with Nick? Yep, that's great. So sort of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So our current gaming group is. Um, taken from, well, that was like two years ago, so from back then. Yeah. Cool. That's great. Yeah. We got more to come. <laughs> Everything Please. I've said about Pendragon, don't. Just ignore it. <laughs> Nick retracts it all. <laughs> He'll never listen to the show again. Uh-oh. <laughs> Nick. We love you, Nick. We do. Don't tell your girlfriend that, though. <laughs> so, uh, when are you guys expecting to uh, to release Delta Green for the, for mass consumption? Right, right. Um, so we're doing the the core rules. We're doing in two versions, and the the first to come out is going to be the smaller version. That's that's meant just for players. It has all the rules you need to play the game and make up characters and details about the kind of the government agencies that come into play the most often so that um, even people that don't know that stuff really well can can read a page and get up to speed and be able to fake it at the table. Um, that'll all be in the agent's handbook. So the PDF for that um, I expect in uh, I mean, fingers crossed. The by the end of of next month, um, we're already starting on getting the page design set up for it. Uh, art is done. Set up. Yeah, the arts. The arts done. <laughs> thanks to thanks to Dennis Detwiller. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so right now with the text, you know, we're sort of we're sort of doing a last round of just tightening all the screws on the text and uh, on the rules. Um, I, I, at this point, I don't think that's going to turn up anything really major because we've really kicked the hell out of the tires on this one. Yeah, um, we, we've been really digging on it for... Uh, I, when did we start the major revision? Was that a year ago? It was... I mean, the, the first drafts of these rules start 
probably started in 11 or 12. Yeah. Um, oh, like and, me and you started kind of really... Yeah, and then we started just hacking away at it. Yeah, a couple, I don't know. I mean, I think it was a couple of years ago. It's yeah, we really went... We went with the goal of, like, we had this giant, amazing, here's every rule ever for everything kind of right up, and me and Shane were like, can we get combat to be under 22 pages? That, that was the editing goal, and... <laughs> Led to it led to kind of uh, a cleanliness in the system that I really like. So. Yeah, yeah. So the and the other thing that we're doing for the agents book right now is we have um, the 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 big section on the agencies we're um, we're 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 polishing up and finishing and uh, and getting um, subject matter experts to review and vet for us to make sure we get everything right and most importantly get the sort of the feel of these different organizations right so that we can communicate that in a way that a player who doesn't know jack about the EPA can play an EPA agent and feel like you're playing an EPA agent you know and not just feel like you're playing your your you know just your normal per self kind of making up stuff that looks like it may have something to do with the EPA. So, and that that our goal there is to not make it really really detailed as much as to give you the highlights, give you sort of the essence of what that kind of agency um, looks like from the inside and how uh, what role that kind of character is likely to play in a in a Delta Green operation. So, so we've got you know we're getting. Uh, we're getting a lot of people um, to review all of those things and uh, and get them done. And um, and our uh, our friend um, uh, Chris Gunning is, is sort of doing the, the heavy lifting on writing all of that. So and he's nice. he's a career he's a career government bureaucrat himself. So he's he knows, <laughs> the, he knows what he's talking about. Or or yeah. at least can write it in such a way where it looks like he is. Yeah, we yeah. had we had the marine section vetted by a marine major, and uh, the naval stuff vetted by an NCIS officer who I consistently he's a great friend of mine, and I always ask him what is Mark Harmon really like. Right. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Uh, but uh, anyway, yeah, we 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 really we loved getting ver the verisimilitude down in the early books on these yeah. the agencies. Here's the real stuff. We want yeah. to continue that with a, you know, here's the one paragraph summary of how to play this type of character. You're a marine drill sergeant. Here you go. Right. Uh, and yeah, so uh, that section's really fun to read and uh, is coming out really well. It's good. That's kind of the last bit for the players, uh, the agents book, mm -hmm. uh, pretty much. Nice. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it's it's fun, you know. Getting uh, we're we're getting like you said, we're getting FBI agents to make sure the FBI write up is right, and special forces people to make sure all the special forces stuff is right, and just as we got combat veterans to help us make sure the combat stuff was right, and um, you know, um, a friend of ours who's a Veterans Administration psychologist to make sure that the sanity and bonds material you know is right. Mm -hmm. So we're we're doing an awful lot of homework to to make sure that this game kind of is gonna is gonna give you something at the table that's sort of unique, you know, and it feels it's gonna have a really kind of a real feel to it 
as a backstop to the crazy, weird Lovecraftian horror. Um, you know, just uh, we, uh, and to me, I figure it's 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 that uh, to me that only makes sense because Lovecraft himself did that much homework doing his stories, and in, in in order to sort of embed them in a setting that felt very um, substantial, you know, in his best stories. And uh, so that the horrors would have that much more kind of volume to them when you encountered them. So that's what we're going for. Well, nice. the, the great thing about the what I've read about the sanity system is it's no longer, okay, you have a phobia. You're afraid of whatever. And so the character screams or, you know, for, for five game minutes. Now you actually have consequences in mm-hmm. game. Yeah, and mechanics for those consequences. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. We wanted it to not feel cartoonish, you know. Um, we wanted it to feel to feel sort of awful, right? And to feel like you're playing a character who's facing really ugly consequences for getting into these situations. Um, and and at the table, of course, that just most every game group that I've ever played Delta Green with. Um, it's it's sort of this mix of sort of you know shivering awfulness and just hilarity because everybody always has this really bleak sense of humor about everything and so the worst things that happen to your characters everybody's just laughing about saying yeah yeah I, I had that coming that's, that's that works yeah. awfulness and hilarity hallmarks of great gaming yeah yeah well now you can go insane and. You're, well, how do you do that? Why well, sit in my room flicking a lighter for hours and hours on it? <laughs> and it makes sense. Yeah. Well, some of the newspaper. Yeah, some of the stuff I really wanted to to bring across was uh, like in, in high school when we ran Call of Cthulhu, uh, where it's where most of the New York Delta Green stuff comes from, uh, the Fate and all that. Like that. That's basically my high school <laughs> Call of Cthulhu group. Um, we, you know, we had a main character go insane, and nobody knew it because we just kept all the sanity totals hidden. And I, you know, I, he was a really good role player, and I was just like, okay, you know, your characters, this all this unsprecklicking Colton is making a lot of sense. And you should probably call the great old ones, and that would be a good idea. So he started ritualistically kidnapping and killing children, um, and no one in the group knew it um, until they kind of found it out. They found some kids in his basement. And then they basically had to subdue him and then put him in the asylum, and he became an NPC at that point. But we played for, like, I don't know, two months. You know, four or five sessions where one of the main characters was at zero sand and was doing awful things and stealing books and trying to summon stuff. And and it was just great. So I, w- I want to bring that back. I want to... I want to get that secret sand roll kind of situation going where only the guy running the game really knows what's going on. Now that you have these. Yeah, yeah, wonderful. You do all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, secret messages. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so we, want, we want to bring back a level of uncertainty. And then um, the other neat thing Shane really kind of brought to the Bond stuff was, um, which I, I hadn't seen, we, we did, but I haven't seen it uh, mechanically, was just uh, drinking your pain away. Um, so there's, there's a very clear option to just become a drunk or a drug addict mm-hmm. uh, to deal with this stuff, and that's a very realistic outcome for horrible situations. So having that uh, as as like the standard slippery slope that most agents will face 
uh, you know, you can't sleep, have some painkillers, take a drink. It's yeah, stunning. it was it was really I, I I was really really amused and pleased to hear that happen at the table listening to a game that was being run online. Um, our friends at Role Playing Public Radio, the podcast, yeah. they um, they were playing Delta Green. That's a great sounding game. Is that the, the new one? Um, yeah, yeah, God's, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah it's, the series yeah. is called God's Teeth, so I think yeah. they're about to to release the the third set of, of episodes. But, but uh, you know, in, in the course of that, um, the, the way it works is is in, in Delta Green, if your character goes temporarily insane or has, loses enough sanity over time to pick up a new disorder that's going to stay with you, then after that, in the in the set in the in the operation, if you care, if you want to go to sleep in order to get willpower points back or just heal or just sleep, you've got to make a sanity test to do it. And if that fails, then you can't get to sleep because you're too shaken and traumatized. And that has real impact on the game because the only way you get your willpower points back is through sleep, and you don't recover hit points if you don't get to sleep, and those things can can be precious. So, um, so yeah. What's that? You can't act without your willpower in this game, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. If it, if it, if your willpower points get low, then I mean, then then you you fall apart. Um, and there's a lot of things that where they come into play. It's not just magic points. And so, um, but yeah, there was there was a moment where the where one of the one of the characters was uh, was was having exactly that problem. So the GM said, "Well, you know, do you want to uh, do you want to do you want to uh, uh, take a whole lot of sleeping pills or get really drunk and get your get a good plus twenty bonus to uh, to get to sleep? Get your willpower points back." And <laughs> kind of amusing because he had the player had to think about it long and hard and decide whether he was gonna whether he was gonna commit to that. And what it, what the game says as is as the repercussions of that is basically, um, you know, if you're if you're if your if your character winds up doing that a lot, then the next disorder you pick up and they're kind of inevitable is um, is you have every reason to the GM has every reason to say, well, that's clearly alcoholism because you've been you've been getting drunk every damn game session to get to sleep every night. So it it sort of it sort of builds itself together in this really gruesome kind of. Um, Sadistically hilarious way. Not to be confused with actually getting drunk at the game table. <laughs> well, that happens a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the fact that you have the option of going to therapy but lying about your traumas, <laughs> and it still is beneficial. Could be. Can be. It depends. Could be. Yeah. Well, unless you unless you fumble, then yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, go, going to therapy to get sanity back. There's really no easy way to do it in Delta Green because your whole purpose is to not talk about this stuff. Right. It's to not communicate it to other people. It's to keep it secret so other people don't have to be infected by it and put in danger. So, if you want to just go to a therapist and kind of him and haw and lie around what is actually bothering you, then there's a slim chance that you'll that you'll find something useful there and a larger chance that you won't. And uh, um, but it's totally up to the player, right? So it's it's an ingredient for 
horrors at the game table the way the way that we've set it up. You know, if you're if you're playing that and you want to take that option, then that's safer for the therapist <laughs> certainly, and it's safer for you. But if you just don't give a shit about the therapist and you want your sanity points back and you want to talk about it, then then you get the potential repercussions of the therapist either a thinking you're schizophrenic and diagnosing you and trying to treat you for schizophrenia, which is going to backfire, or believing you, which is way worse, and becoming a, a future operation herself. It also depends if it's a committal state. So, <laughs> it's a what? Uh, like a non-voluntary oh, non committal <laughs> state is like, <laughs> I went to the Black Temple and they were cutting up children and... You know, yeah. I have this knife, and the guy's just kind of like, okay, take away. I, sh I shot so many people to save hey, them. Yeah. Oh, Excuse me, I have to make a phone call. Yeah. We're going right. to keep you under observation for two. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> do we have a list of states that are committal states? Maybe we need that in the rule. Yeah, book. we probably do, actually. <laughs> All right. Um... Steve, I actually, we had we had somebody on the forum ask ask a question earlier. I have a viewer question, um, and I'm just going to write what he wrote. Uh, can anyone help me with the title and publishing whereabouts of a Delta Green scenario that is reminiscent of Children of the Corn? I have this nagging suspicion that it is somewhere very easy to find, and that I'm going to feel like an idiot when somebody points it out to me. Children of the Corn. Yes. That doesn't, that doesn't strike a... John's Shadis scenario? Is what? You remember John Tynes wrote a Shadis scenario? Oh, yeah. Mexican Island or something? I don't know if that was... Uh, yeah, that was that was like Michael Jackson versus Delta Green, though. I that wasn't really the closest, Children of the Corn. That's the closest I can think. Yeah. So, Children of the Corn. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that was a fan adventure. Yeah. Somebody awesome. wrote. Yeah, it doesn't sound like an official one. Yeah, I don't know. I, I would the 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 viewer the viewer ought to um, join the Delta Green mailing list that you can find a link to it on deltagreen.com and ask there because those guys are you know geniuses and they'll they'll tell you. Except where. for Ken. Ken Ken's crazy. <laughs> You'll so hear something from the men in black that the man in black that may or may not be um, helpful. <laughs> Oh, that's the guy that was... You weren't supposed to remember that scenario. This is <laughs> yeah. Other, other, we have a code nine. <laughs> okay, so viewers, stare right here. <laughs> Free eye test. Yeah, Delta Green agents wish they had a flashy thing. Yeah, call the 45, and <laughs> right. heavy lifting after that. It'll, so uh, hard to, so hard it'll to definitely take your memories away. That's yes, it does. All right, well, uh, we we are now a little bit, little bit over time. That's fine. So thanks, guys, for coming out. Shane and Dennis. Thank you. Um, Thank you once again, the, the uh, Agent's Handbook will be out probably next month. Fingers crossed. Yeah, that's our goal is to get the PDF out, and then the hardback will be out a, a couple of months after that. And then uh, the, there's a bigger rule book that has everything from the agent's handbook plus a ton of additional material that's just for the game master about building mm -hmm. campaigns and the Cthulhu mythos and customizing it and 
all of that stuff that's um, that's going to come out a few months after that. Now, if you haven't contributed to the Kickstarter, where would you get these volumes? We're um, Monday. We're going to activate the backer kit page for this project, and at backerkit.com. And um, so you can go if you if you weren't able to to contribute to the Kickstarter campaign, you can go to backer kit and essentially pre-order any of the books there. Um, so that when they come out, uh, the books and the downloads, we're going to be doing something like 20 PDF projects, um, as well as a series of nine uh, big hardback books. For, it's for uh, backerkit.com. So. I'll, I'll, we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. All right, so, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, that's about all the time we have for this evening. So thanks for coming out once again, Shane and Dennis. Oh, thanks, guys. Nice yeah, thank you. you. And uh, just want to remind everybody that Monday night will be yet another exciting episode of Masks of Nyarlathotep. Awesome. Yeah. Hopefully we can finish the, the train scenario. Jackson Elias, you bastard. <laughs> nah, he's not, a, he's not so much of a bastard in our game. No, he's more of a bitch. He left his world one of one of our player characters was his uh, lover, apparently. Ah, nice. And uh, next Saturday, so that'll be Monday night. Uh, Friday Fun Guy is on hiatus, so there won't be a, a show Friday. Next Saturday, we'll be having Farrah Rose with Mantid Magazine on to talk about her project. And that'll be the Luke Cage show. <laughs> possibly, possibly. And uh, then next Monday will be another Eclipse Phase wackiness session. So, once again, thanks for watching. Yes. Don't forget to click like and subscribe and all that good stuff. Share links around. Get everybody hooked on the madness. Mm -hmm. Thanks, guys. All right, and we'll see you guys next week.